It's time for the IHSA Safety Podcast. Welcome to the IHSA Safety Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Rayner, for this episode on sharing the road safely with large commercial vehicles. And joining me for another podcast on road safety is Michelle Roberts, IHSA's VP of Stakeholder and Public Relations and one of our transportation subject matter experts. And Michelle, on this episode, I think we're going to discuss some specific tips and reminders to sharing the roads with large commercial vehicles. Yes, that's great. Thanks, Ken. I'm glad to be back. This is one of my favorite topics because I'm very passionate about road safety. And I'm really hoping that our conversation today is is going to be applicable um, to anyone, whether you drive for work, either professionally or as a class licensed, you have employees that drive for work, or you use Ontario roads to commute, um, and or if you're using it for personal use, or even if you're a passenger, I'm really hoping that some of the tips that we're going to share on the topic of sharing the road with large commercial vehicles will resonate with all of our listeners. Um, but the goal is we just want to remind everybody um, on some of the limitations that exist and how you can safely operate when you're sharing the road uh, with large commercial vehicles. The ultimate goal is for us to prevent motor vehicle incidents or collisions. You'll hear that you know, terminology kind of interchanged. And that's really what our goal is, is let's raise some awareness uh, to prevent that. Yeah. I love these podcasts, Michelle, because the ones we do together on road safety are typically the ones that I share with family and friends, appreciating that the majority of our podcasts are very specific in occupational health and safety to the industries we support, uh, to the hazards that are prevalent in our industry. But when we talk about driving, and particularly when we're just, you know, we're talking about being on the road and road safety in general, it's applicable to everyone. So I'm really excited to to do this one with you again today, because these are the podcasts I get to share with the people that I care the most about to keep them safe. So um, now you did say large commercial vehicles. <clears throat> so maybe we need to clarify that a little bit, because if somebody pulls up to, a, you know, is on a road uh, in a small sports car and they pull up to an F, uh, you know, a Ford F-150, they may consider that a large commercial vehicle. So what in like when we're talking about sharing the road safely with large commercial vehicles, what do you mean by large commercial vehicles? Yeah, it's a good question. And, and just to keep it simple, we're, we're referring to large trucks like tractor trailers. It could be strength, straight trucks. It could be tankers, you know, dump trucks, those types of things that are on the road. Not your traditional uh, F-150s and Dodge and all of those, but the, the larger commercial vehicles itself. And also, we don't want to exclude. So we are taught when we think of large commercial vehicles, this also transfers to like buses. So both school buses and coaches, for example, um, when we talk about some of the unique factors and the hazards, but also the safe practices, they can be applied to uh, bus and coach as well. And, and why is this an issue? So, so we know if a car collides with another car, that's what's one vehicle incident. What, what, what occurs when a, one of these large commercial vehicles gets into an incident with a, with, uh, with a regular vehicle? Yeah. And, and it's, it's typically, it can be very tragic. Um, when a large, uh, commercial vehicles involved in a collision, uh, typically with a, we'll call them a smaller passenger vehicle, it can be very catastrophic. And some of the stats that, you know, either provincially or even Transport Canada show is that when their collision occurs involving a large commercial vehicle, um, it's a large, it's, sorry, it's a small percentage of Incidents, so less than 9% of the collisions involve a large commercial vehicle. However, they do account for over 20% of the fatalities. So that tells us, yeah, that's the severity, right? Like that tells us that when a collision does happen, um, 
typically, you know, there's a lot of damage, there's, you know, a high impact, and the severity could result in fatalities. So we want to pay attention so that we can avoid those. That's obviously our purpose here. Um, and unfortunately, the stats show that those that are most impacted is not the commercial vehicle operator. It's typically the operator or the passengers of the smaller vehicle. So, um, you know, that's important. And and I also want to make sure we emphasize that the stats also reflect that it is um, when they do the investigations is typically not the fault of the large commercial vehicle mm -hmm. operator um, in some way, shape or form. It's been, you know, the you know, poor decision or poor behavior that's been demonstrated but from the smaller vehicle itself. So, you know, that's why, why we're talking about this is because MVIs, collisions on the roadways, you know, they continue to be a top hazard and um, we all have a part to play um, in sharing the road so that we can prevent, prevent those incidents. Wow. So three, three things I heard from that one is in the total collisions on the road, less than one in 10 involve a commercial vehicle but when they do occur that fatalities occur in one in five approximately or a little bit more than one in five so that that's that's huge and that the the uh, the personal vehicle is is in many cases at fault to the collision so um well if if that doesn't wake people up to mm -hmm. just being careful and, and mindful around large commercial vehicles i don't know what else will but so what i mean you, and, and people who are on the highway driving beside a large commercial vehicle they feel it they they sense it and they know mm -hmm. that the danger is there right so i mean when what what should we consider or what should um uh, you know, our listeners consider when they're driving along uh, on on the road, in particular on a highway, and some of these really large commercial vehicles. Yeah, and I think I think some of the obvious stuff that we just need to remind people about is like a large commercial vehicle, truck, or a bus doesn't operate like physically operate it's in the same way as a smaller car or a, a truck does right um it's got limitations in in the the size the weight the configuration itself and you know drivers of these large commercial vehicles they have received specialized training they do have extra skills and experience and they know how to adapt um when conditions change. So whether that's road or weather, heavy traffic, um, they understand the limitations of the vehicle so that it takes longer for them to speed up or that it takes longer for them to slow down and brake and how the vehicle might operate in on a hill or, you know, like with the rollback or the, the need for blind spots. So the driver of the commercial vehicle understands those limitations, but us as passengers um, in a, or sorry, in a passenger vehicle, we may not understand some of those physical limitations. Um, and like you had said, we, we also understand that some of those in passenger cars um, may not feel necessarily comfortable around or sharing the road. You know, they may get intimidated and, and understand like they are large vehicles beside you and they can, you know, create, um, you know, whether we call it the air turbulence or, you know, block your view and all of that. And so it's important to know that the physical limitations are different. The size, the configuration, the need to greater stopping distance, that it takes a lot, it takes longer for that vehicle to speed up, to reach the speed limit, you know, especially if they're hauling a lot of weight. Um, and most importantly, that it takes a long time to stop and or, you know, shift or maneuver and react. So, you know, it's the physical 
differences between the vehicles itself um, is something that we can't lose sight of when we're talking about some of the hazards that exist when we share the roads. Yeah, Michelle, you know, so when you were going through that right then, I just in my mind was visually picturing in each of those aspects that you were talking about, a Honda Civic <laughs> compared to a large tractor trailer, yep. you know, and all of, and, and they are so different. I mean, yeah, good luck making a, a simple three-point turn in a tractor trailer when you can do it with a Honda Civic. Like they're just very difficult vehicles to drive and to maneuver and they, you have to think of them as different, mm-hmm. right? Um, when you drive alongside them on the road. And, and I, I would guess that most people just forget about that. They don't really see them as that different or they just forget about it. Would that be fair? Yeah. And I think, I mean, one thing that we could be doing better as a, I think as a, as a province is making sure that when we are educating new drivers through, through the beginner driver's ed program, that there is a lot more awareness on the emphasis of some of the unique factors that exist with large commercial vehicles. And so when I'm getting my regular G class license, that I'm aware of that and we should be putting greater emphasis on it so that it, 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 it may with the intent may make you think differently on how you manage your vehicle on the road. And some of the tips that I want to share, you know, um, understanding things like blind spots. Well, some people are like, what is it? I don't even know what a blind spot is. Well, it's the blind spot is where when the operator themselves in the large commercial vehicle, there's, you know, there's mirrors, which are ideally there so that they can see around the vehicle, but essentially based on design, um, there's spots where they can't see, which is called the blind spot, what might be in front of them to the side or behind them. So if as a passenger vehicle, if you put your car in their blind spot, they can't see you, right? So if they're going to go past, um, merge into a lane and you're in their blind spot, they physically through their mirrors wouldn't see your vehicle. And so, I mean, the benefits of a large commercial vehicle is that that operator is sitting up much higher typically. They have a longer field of vision down the road. They do have large size mirrors, but based on the physics, the design of the vehicle, blind spots exist. And we need to recognize that and not put ourselves in the blind spot. And so um, the, the rule that's probably the easiest to follow to keep it as simple as if you can't, as a driver, um, if you can't see the operator of a large commercial vehicle in, the, in his or her side mirror, then that means they can't see you in. They can't see the vehicle you're in, right? So that's one thing when you visualize and you're driving and you're like, oh yeah, can I see? If I look ahead and I'm, I'm looking at their mirror, can I see, my, can I see them? And if you can't, chances are they can't see you and you're sitting in their blind spot. So that's one of those behaviors that we want to remind everybody is don't put yourself in those blind spots. So when you're saying you can't see the driver, you mean the actual driver sitting behind the wheel that you need to see in their mirror. And if you can see them, they can see you. But if you can't see them... They That's can't right. see you. Yeah. Right? Is that fair? Yeah. I want to ask you about one if I could. Um, uh, you know, sometimes on the highway while um, I'm driving and, and coming up to a large commercial vehicle, um, depending on, you know, the nature of the highway and maybe the 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 weather that day, I can find my, uh, even though I drive a, a, a pickup truck, I find that it swerves or the, the like it's um, when I get near a truck that I've really got to have uh, be in control of the vehicle. Why, why does that happen? Yeah. And I think that's just like the air turbulence, right? The, the airflow between your vehicle and the the large tractor trailer itself. And so that's one of the tips is you got to be cautious when you're approaching that large vehicle because those conditions can, can occur. So you could have that vibration like the air turbulence. But also, if you think of right now we're in spring, so we've got a lot of weather and road condition changes, whether that's snow and rain and all that muck and mess is 
that's another factor. The slush, right, can fly off or be pushed up from the road from the tractor trailer. And if you're approaching it with your vehicle, two tips here. One, make sure you've got your hands on the wheel, right? So that's one way of if you do feel that vibration or air turbulence and you need to react and respond, you've got both hands um, to be able to do so in a safe way. And then if those weather conditions, snow, sleet, slush, all of that, you you could get that spray back. Um, so make sure you've got your wipers already on versus, you know, as you're approaching that vehicle and then they spray and then you're like scrambling to get your wipers turned on, right? Because then that's the delay. And we always talk about your reaction time and how important your reaction is when you're driving to be able to respond, right? So then if you're, you're not, you're delayed and being able to, oh my goodness, I got to be able to put my wipers on. I can't see now, right? Seconds can go by. And as those seconds are going by, you're still traveling. So you need to be cautious. So approaching large vehicles, you need to do so safely for sure. For sure. And that, that spray that's coming off when we're talking about the, the comparison between a Honda Civic and a large tractor trailer, that spray that's coming off the road if it's wet is going to be very different between those two vehicles, right? Yes. Um, yeah. Michelle, I'm, uh, we're, we're going through uh, getting a, G, our G, a G1 license for our youngest child. And uh, you know one of the things that we've talked about is when you come up to a stoplight uh, or a stop sign, and if, the, you know, if uh, you're on an incline um, and there's a truck in front of you, to be very mindful because I mean, we're talking about sharing the road with vehicles and we're, t- we're so far we've talked about while you're moving and mm-hmm. while you know you're on a highway what other aspects because there, there are other things that you have to be mindful of when you're dealing with large commercial vehicles not just traveling but also when you're starting and stopping yeah right? so let's start with the what you're saying like the starting and the stopping and and you want to be able to leave space when you're stopped behind a large commercial vehicle, like you said, like on an incline or a hill, um, there, there can be what they call that rollback, right? The diff- the time when the driver removes their foot uh, from the brake back to the accelerator, there you could experience that tractor trailer or large commercial vehicle could roll back slightly. So you want to have a safe cushion or a safe space between uh, your vehicle and the back of the uh, vehicle ahead of you. So that's important. Um, you know, the other, the other piece here when we're talking about uh, being close to um, and, you know, following a tractor trailer or large commercial vehicle is tailgating. I'm hoping you're emphasizing with your new young driver the riskiness that tailgating can present. Um, and when we mean tailgating, is like when you're following the, the vehicle ahead of you so closely, right? Like I'll use the description, you know, bumper to bumper. Obviously, that's an exaggeration. But if you're riding their tailgate, basically, you're putting yourself at such uh, in a dangerous spot, not only because it it blocks you from being able to see the road ahead, right? Because you're basically going to be looking at the back of a tractor trailer, for example, you're not, it's going to block your field of vision, you won't be able to see what's ahead in the road, which then delays your ability to respond. If something happens, you're, you've placed yourself in that blind spot that we talked about earlier. The operator of the large commercial vehicle can't see your vehicle, right? And therefore, you're in a blind spot um, that puts creates a hazard for you. So we really want that safe distance, not only on an incline when it comes to potential rollback. You want the safe distance when you're following a vehicle on the road as well. And that's that's really important. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, I, we, you and I both travel on 400 series highways in Ontario on a regular basis, and I, I know I see uh, tailgating on large commercial yeah. vehicles on a regular basis, and it just 
it just seems like a, a really bad idea. And I don't, I'm, I'm not sure why people do it if they're just, you know, they're not thinking or they're not considering the consequences or, but uh, that's, that's an easy one to fix, right? Just, just pull back a little bit and that's yeah, that. Give yourself space. And, you know, like you said, Ken, cause like on the 400, we, we hear a lot of tragic incidents that occur when, so let's say you're in your vehicle and you're behind the tractor trailer and your vehicle gets reversed from behind, hit from behind, sorry, not reversed, but hit from behind. Your vehicle is going to be smushed and crammed in underneath that potentially tractor trailer. You haven't left space for you to look up in your rear view mirror and go, oh my, someone's coming from, and I need to take an, you know, an invasive move and maybe move over to the other lane. You don't have any space because you're tailgating. You don't have space for your physical truck or your vehicle to move out of the way. So that's when you see a lot of tragic incidents um, happen as well. And as we know, with the dynamics of the vehicle, small, as you say, a Honda Civic would, you know, be crushed underneath the, the trailer. Right. So we want to avoid those scenarios. That's what we want to avoid. Absolutely. And we're talking about, so tailgating and then braking. Yeah. So, so again, educating our young driver and our family that, you know, we mm-hmm. have two different vehicles. One's uh, one's a pickup truck and one's a smaller vehicle. And, you know, when we go out, we talk about the difference between braking. Cause if you're in the pickup truck, um, the full size pickup truck, as opposed to the smaller vehicle and there's snow or there's rain or whatever, you know, whatever the conditions are, you have to drive those two vehicles differently. Now, the size difference between those two is nowhere close to the size difference between a passenger vehicle and a commercial vehicle. So what do, the, what do we have to remember about braking distance when we're sharing the road with large commercial vehicles? Yeah, that, that large commercial vehicles need a greater distance. So they need that braking distance. And so this is one of my biggest pet peeves. So when you're traveling on the highway and let's say you want to merge or you want to do a lane change and you take that space because you're like, oh, that tractor trailer, look at that space in front of them. I'm going to take that and merge into it. You've That driver has kept that space between them and the vehicle ahead is because that's their braking distance. So if they need to take an aggressive move and slam on the brakes or you know, break, then they, it's going to take that space for their large commercial vehicle to actually come to a stop, right? So braking distance is very important. Commercial vehicle drivers give themselves that, that cushion so that they can brake. And, and the braking distance would vary based on the length of the vehicle, the weight of what they're potentially um, hauling. All of that physics would, would impact the, the braking distance. And obviously we want to make sure that, um, you're leaving that space for the commercial driver and that um, if you're reducing their braking distance, unfortunately, you may be forcing that driver to take a very uh, aggressive mood or move like slamming on the brakes, which then could consequently result in something like jackknifing. And we've heard that terminology where the trailer swings out, right? Um, and or, you know, if you've taken that space cushion ahead of them and now you're braking, and that tractor trailer is right on the back of your vehicle, you could be rear-ended, right? So we, we want to make sure don't cut them off <laughs> and don't don't creep into that space that they need to break. Right on. And you mentioned jackknife, jackknifing and swinging, which made me think of turns mm-hmm. and turning. And again, thinking about our Honda Civic example and our transport truck, oh, going around a turn is almost exactly the same, yeah, no. right? <laughs> taking, taking a turn with a Honda Civic is exactly the same as a transport truck. They're so different. Like the, and turns is a is a great. I, th- I think that's a it's a great visual in terms of just how different those vehicles are. When you see a transport truck needing all that a different all that additional room to make a turn, um, you, 
you know, it's it's easy to understand how different those vehicles are to operate. Yeah, and I and I think there it, it's easy to visualize. They need a wide space to turn, right? So typically, um, they go wide, right? So if they're going to turn right, their vehicle may creep into the left lane before they actually turn. Uh, right, because they need the clearance, not only for the tractor, but for the trailer to clear the curb. And what you don't want to do is take that little space and put your vehicle in there, um, you know, because you don't want to drive uh, in that space while a vehicle is turning, because um, you could get stuck, you could get sideswiped, right? And it, 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 it won't be good. So you got to make sure you understand that they do require a wide uh, distance when they're making turns. What are some of the other factors that, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to think of in terms of maybe reversing or, you know, what are some of some other things that would be different for a large commercial vehicle compared to somebody um, that's in a passenger vehicle and, and maybe the past, you know, the, um, the passenger vehicle, that driver isn't taking those things into consideration because they're not thinking of that large commercial vehicle as different. Yeah. So one of the things, and it's funny when you talk about young drivers is um, I, I have a 14 year old, he's not yet driving, but I often do a few of those kind of like, Hey, what does that sign mean? That sign on the road was that highway sign telling you. So this is one of the things that I think we need to educate uh, other road users on. And it's in regards to like passing. And we often get frustrated if we're stuck behind a tractor trailer that might be going a certain speed. Another side note here is in Ontario, tractor trailers are governed at 105, meaning 105 kilometers. So maximum speed. So again, understanding that might make you put it put into perspective why why are they only traveling at that speed everything everybody else is flying by you know 120 on the 401 so that's one thing the signs so large commercial vehicles on many uh, in ontario in the 400 series is restricted or, or has passing lane reductions right so that they can't put their commercial vehicle in the far left-hand lane. So this is the sign I asked my son not that long ago. What does that sign on the overhead pass mean there? And if, if you can visualize this, it's the sign that looks like, um, it looks like a straight truck and it's got a line through it. And then it's got the a measurement and it says over 6.5 meters. So I said, what do you think that sign means? He's like, oh, it means that the truck can't be that tall or it's going to hit the overpass. And I, I giggled and I was like, nice try, but no, that's not what it means. That sign is actually the length of the vehicle. And if your length is exceeding 6.5 meters, you're not allowed to travel in that lane. And typically you see these in the far left-hand lane, which restricts the commercial vehicle from using it. And typically for us as passengers, that's a passing lane. So if you know that that's a lane reduction, you're in that designated part, that means the tractor trailer can't move over. They, they're not to travel in the left-hand lane. Then the center lane is their passing lane. So if you are traveling in it, you need to be respectful that maybe as a tractor trailer needs to merge over or let traffic in, they will use that center lane as their passing lane. So that's something to be aware of. It's another limitation. Hopefully, if we can educate people on what some of those signs mean and what that means for a tractor trailer in, in particular, then that's why they can't travel that way or use that far left lane. Um, well, I just learned something. So your son <laughs> and I are in the same boat because <laughs> I'm like, I, I have totally forgotten what that sign means. Thank you. Like that, that, that's a complete, yeah. I, uh, wow. That, that was, that's an eye opener for me. So thank you. I, I had completely forgotten what what that all means. So now, right. And, and one thing about passing, we should also make sure we're doing is signaling well in advance. As we talked about 
One, you could be entering a blind spot, which we don't want to do. Two, um, if you can signal in advance, that's a, that's a way we communicate with other road users that I'm about to make a change. I'm going to merge. I'm going to move. I'm going to, and that allows people to react. So what? So that if you signal earlier, the commercial vehicle operator can go, okay, I see they want to they want to come into this lane. I can either back off or they can respond in a safe way versus like a aggressive reaction, um, which we want to avoid. So in, I can't emphasize that enough is signal your intentions early. That way that everybody has a chance to react safely. Absolutely. Oh, uh, how about this one? So just thought of this, Michelle. Um, going up and down hills. That's very different. Again, Honda Civic compared to a tractor trailer. Yeah. Um, uh, Honda Civic is going to have the, the, the gears that they use. The amount of gears that they're using going up and down, um, using gears to sort of slow down as opposed to the brakes. There's so many differences between sort of driving a Honda Civic and a, and a, um, a, tra- a transport truck uh, going up a hill or going down a hill, right? And, and again, that's maybe something that, that, that people that drive per, uh, personal vehicles just don't think about. Yeah. And, and like we said, like traveling up a hill in a large commercial vehicle that's loaded with cargo weight, um, has lots of gears it needs to, you know, convert through to get to its ultimate speed. It's going to go slower. So be prepared. <laughs> it's not necessarily the intention of the truck driver themselves. Like that's the physical limitations of the vehicle to operate it safely. They got to take their time. It takes distance. It takes, you know, um, to be able to get up to a speed. So when you're climbing up, um, it's going to take longer. Likewise, when as they're going down, they're going to gain that physics, the momentum, and, and could be picking up speed. And if you know you're traveling in an environment that's a hilly environment, you know, up and down, up and down, a lot of the tractor trailers themselves are trying to you know, ride that momentum of coming down a hill, knowing that they're about to come back up again. So maintaining that speed. So, you know, be patient, <laughs> be aware. Um, and maybe, you know, you can take actions that would allow them to maintain their speed safer. Right. So, um, those are, those are some, you know, common things. And, and again, it's, it's putting yourself in the perspective of understanding what the physical limitations are of the vehicle, um, so that we remain patient as well. Michelle, on many other podcasts that we've done with, with you on road safety, you've mentioned, um, other aspects that I would like to believe are common sense that would still apply to uh, to driving today. In fact, it's probably more heightened because just thinking of if you're driving fatigued and you're tired and you're not paying attention and you're on the road with a lot of large commercial vehicles, again, if the if there's an incident and it's your fault because you're fatigued, the results could be catastrophic if you're getting into a, an incident with uh, with a large commercial vehicle. So what are some of those other aspects that you just want to remind people to be vigilant about in terms of when they're getting behind a wheel and, and sharing the, again, sharing the road with large commercial vehicles? Yeah. And, and it's a good point, Ken. Fatigued, right? So you're tired. So we want to encourage you to plan, do proper trip planning, you know, take regular breaks. Maybe if you have another vehicle, uh, driver, you could swap vehicle or swap drivers, um, find safe places to pull off and rest. That's important. But other like what we talk about, common sense road safety behaviors, in addition to like not driving when you're fatigued is we definitely don't want you driving under the influence, right? So that includes alcohol and drugs. And we know that it can cause an impairment while you're driving and um, which then slows down your reaction time. 
and that's what we had said is is a key fundamental factor in um, being able to react to the changing conditions so that you can avoid a collision. So um, being careful when you are taking medication, even if it's over-the-counter medication, understanding how that might impact your ability to drive. Um, when you are operating a vehicle, please use all of its safety features. Most importantly, your seatbelt. We know that seatbelts can save lives, so make sure that you're wearing those. If you have passengers in the vehicle, make sure whether it's a child seat that they are secured um, or even pets and other, you know, other items, making sure that they are safely secured in the vehicle so it's not a distraction and or loose um, if something does happen. And I think the last two that I want to reemphasize is the patience piece. Um, Everyone needs to practice patience when we are sharing the road. And um, that goes a long way in defensive driving and as well as making sure that we're not distracted so that we're staying focused. Um, driving requires a lot of your attention, a lot of skill. So don't try to multitask and put those distractions away. Things like eating and drinking or changing your radio station or flipping between um, apps and all of that, that is a distraction and it does slow down your reaction time. So we are going to emphasize here is stay focused. Um, hands, eyes, um, uh, you know, your eyes, you want them to be on the road, paying attention. You want your hands on the steering wheel. You want your mind on the task. Those are all things that we can we can do to safely share the road um, with everyone in Ontario and particularly when we're traveling alongside large commercial vehicles. Yep. Great tips. Thank you so much, Michelle, for all those. Um, so you also post, you and your team post a lot of information on the IHSA website ihsa.ca. Are there any resources that you want to recommend to our listeners to to um, to check out, to perhaps download, to to review that would be applicable to the podcast today? Yeah, for sure. So we have a ton of resources on road safety, um, you know, that, and they include everything from free to download safety talks, policies, procedures. We have webinars. Um, we also have some e-learning. Um, but if you're Finding it hard to navigate, if you go to ihsa.ca forward slash road safety, we've packaged um, our top resources um, in a toolkit on sharing the road safely with large commercial vehicles. So that's the place to start, uh, easy to navigate through. And of course, um, we're here to help. So if you have any questions, we can people can reach out to us and we'd be happy to guide them to um, solutions and resources. But I, I believe you're going to also put a link in the bottom of the podcast so they can click on those and find them really quickly. We'll, so. we'll, we'll do that for sure. So Michelle, thanks again for all the, uh, for all the tips and guidance you provide, you know, again, not only to our members and those in the industries that we support, construction, electrical, electrical utility, and the transportation, but perhaps to, to those people who listen and their family and friends that they're going to share this podcast with, because um, driving is applicable to just about everybody, so many millions of people in Ontario, and you've provided a lot of great tips and guidance to help uh, ensure that when people are on the road with large commercial vehicles, that they're doing their part to drive safely and make sure that everyone goes home safe at the end of the day. So thank you very much. And thank you to the listeners for listening to our podcast on sharing the road safely with large commercial vehicles. Be sure to subscribe and like us on your podcast channel and visit us at ihsa.ca for a wealth of health and safety resources and information. The IHSA Safety Podcast. For more episodes, tips, and all things safety, go to ihsasafetypodcast.ca. Thanks for listening.
Start each workday by reinforcing awareness and control of hazards in your workplace with a five-minute safety talk. IHSA's free safety talks manual covers over 150 topics such as personal protective equipment and traffic control with more topics added all the time. Visit IHSA.ca to download your free IHSA safety talks manual today.